it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. Right the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we're going to spend this week, well, except for Wednesday, because we have armchair politics on Wednesday, but this week we're going to look at uh, wards that will, uh, in the city of Flint, from the Flint City Council, that will be... um, in the August 3rd primary. Now, there are nine wards that are up for election this year, but only six of the nine had more than two candidates, which required a primary. Last Thursday and Friday, we uh, talked to the candidates from the second and third wards, and uh, this week it'll be four, six, seven, and eight. Um, today, we're going to focus on the fourth ward. And um, we'll have all three candidates on the show today, but we start out this first hour with the incumbent who's running for re-election to represent the fourth ward on the Flint City Council, the current council person, Kate Fields. She joins me by phone. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Good morning. Um, you know, I asked, there's, there are some newbies that are running for city council this year. There are a couple of uh, open seats, three maybe, I think. And, um, and I, I always ask them this question, but I think it's maybe 
kind of appropriate for people running for re-election as well. The Flint City Council has kind of a bad reputation for infighting and meetings that go into the wee hours of the morning and, and still not getting the things done that they got together to do. Um, why would you want to run for re-election? Well, for the same reason <laughs> I ran the first time. <laughs> is basically, you know, I want to try to help the city uh, improve and be a good place where everybody enjoys living. And I think that I have some skills, experience, and background uh, to bring to the table that might help achieve that. Aside from incumbency, Kate, what, what are some of those things you bring to the table for people who maybe don't know you? Well, my basic background um, academically is I have both a bachelor's and a master's in public administration, which is basically the, the management of government. And um, there are many skills that I have that I'd like to use that I've not been able to use. So I'm hoping that with these elections, we might get enough new seats of people who are more interested in moving us forward than in instructing. So um, I also have a lot of experience running a, um, a nonprofit that was involved in community development. I was at U of M in the master's program for public administration for about 15 years. So in addition to being on council for the past six years, which uh, is an experience in and of itself. <laughs> I, I would think, um, you know, I mentioned lengthy meetings that seem to get nothing done. And I know I've talked to some people from the state legislature, and when they go through very contentious periods, I always call them out about how divisive it is. And, and not just in Lansing or Flint, but, you know, in Washington as well. And, and I'm always surprised when uh, representatives will tell me, yeah, that's what you see in the media, but there are a lot of things we get done every day, almost unanimously, that people don't see. Is that the case with the Flint City Council, or is what we see what we get? Uh, unfortunately, I think what, what you see is what you get pretty much here for the past uh, year or two. Uh, it seems like certain members of council have banded up with an agenda, and I don't know why they have this agenda, but it seems to be one of obstruction and preventing things going forward. And I'll give you an example. So we have committees, right, and different things are brought to. We have four committees, uh, well, five actually, but we have finance, government operations, um, grants, and uh, legislative. So in legislative is where we bring forward ordinances, right? New ordinances. Sure. We have had... Kate, I lost you there. Postponed. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. We have a couple of ordinances, as an example, that have been put forward that the public speak, they talk about in the ordinances is about drag racing records. And unfortunately across the city, I don't 
people have, have COVID brain or they're trying to amuse themselves or what, but they're drag racing, being doing once an intersection or across the city. And people are really concerned about it. So, <laughs> Kate, you're breaking up that, quite a bit. Am I? Yeah. Let me get off speaker. It probably should. Okay, off speaker and I'll hold it up to my ear. Is that better? That's much better. That's much better. Okay. You were cutting in and out, and I, I, I don't want to miss anything. Okay. Well, okay, so the police chief worked with legal to put together an ordinance to, about drag racing and reckless speeding. And it was basically with more punitive um, clauses in there that said that your your vehicle, your trailer, your equipment, whatever is involved, will be forfeit if you get um, caught doing this. And council has put this back to committee for about two months now, two three months. I don't know. It's been a long time, and. They don't put it back to committee to work on it, to offer any changes. They put it back there to stall it, which I don't understand because the residents are clearly telling us this is a major concern. It's a safety issue. So, you know, I don't really understand what some council members' agendas are um, because you would think that when the public is clearly telling you there's a problem and the police chief is trying to offer a solution. Some council members install the ordinance. So I don't know. You explain that to me. What's the agenda but that, there? But that seems like it should be a straight up and down vote. And for people who don't understand, typically in government or nonprofit organizations, the, the committee structure is where all the argument is supposed to take place. That's where all the work gets done, wording gets changed. Things get added, things get taken out, and then it's supposed to go to the full council for an up or down vote. And correct. And and so I I wasn't aware that once it got to council, um, I yeah you know, I understand stalling, but I didn't. I, I guess I didn't realize Kate that sending it back to committee was one of the ways to put off the vote. Well, it, it's a technique, and I think it's, you know, everything from state to federal level. It's just kind of a, a technique that uh, legislators might use to not deal with something. Now, the claims are to, uh, oh, to talk about it more or improve it or something, but they never actually do that. You know, they just stall it. So, Why not simply uh, and, table it? You know, well, just put off voting on it indefinitely or for some period of time that would allow it to, to fail on its own. I, I guess, Tom, because it looks like you're, you're trying to deal with it if you postpone it back to committee. Okay. But when you get to committee, and by the way, our committee meetings, it, you know, first we have finance, then we have government ops, then legislative, and then grants. Well, by the time we get through finance and government ops, it's usually around midnight. Okay, so we never actually really get to do a lot of work in legislative committee. And then you're right, when it gets to the full council, we should have pretty much discussed it and be able to vote on it. But there are some members that it doesn't matter what kind of meeting you have, okay, I think the purpose in their mind for the meeting is so they can talk. 
there, there are a couple members that just have an insatiable need to hear themselves talk. So why do we have meetings till 12, uh, 1, 2, even 3 o'clock? It's because some members like to hear themselves talk. And it seems, looking in from the outside, that a lot of that talk is more form than substance. I think if you looked at what is actually said, very little is actually said about the issues. A lot is said about past grudges and how wonderful they think they themselves are and God knows what all this talk is about, but very little is literally about the issues. The, um, the budget that's in place now, um, or, or that was just recently passed, and that was a bit of a challenge to get that passed. What was, what was the holdup on, on the budget? Was it the federal the dollars? Yes, it was the federal dollars. The uh, I'm going to call it ARP, okay, the acronym American, is it Rescue or American Recovery Reco Plan? Yeah, Recovery Plan. Okay, so ARP. Um, because this ARP money was due to come in, some council members, um, led by Eric Mays, thought that they were going to use this opportunity to determine how this money was spent by making uh, motions or resolutions to included in the budget. But according to the charter, okay, council only has the authority to amend a budget that is proposed to them by the mayor. The mayor had not included this money in the proposed budget because a lot of it was very uncertain at the time. And when I say uncertain, not only the amount, but when we were going to get the funding, but more importantly, the guidelines about how this money can be used. And it very specifically has to be related to COVID and the effects of COVID and how, you know, COVID affected your um, municipality, for example. And the attempt by Mr. Mays was to, for example, we're just going to put uh, three to five million in the police department. Not this is what the resolution would say, not stating how specifically, just some generic, and we didn't even know what the rules were. How could we spend this money? You know, maybe we could spend it for crime. Maybe we could spend it for more police. Maybe not. We really didn't know. So wiser heads prevailed, and all of Mr. Mays' amendments and I say Mr. Mays because he was a leader in this, um, did not succeed. And it's a good thing because what would be the point of amending a budget including revenue that the mayor had not proposed by charter, which would have been illegal anyway, because uh, council did not have that authority to include revenue that was not included. Kate. Uh, I have yes. to I have to put a comma here because I have to go to break. But I want to talk. Sure. I, I want to finish this, and I want to talk trash too. <laughs> <laughs> all, ki all kidding aside, my guest is uh, Fourth Ward City Council Person Kate Fields. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with uh, the candidates from the 4th Ward um, for the Flint City Council, that primary coming up August 3rd. And uh, we're currently talking with the incumbent who currently holds that seat, Kate Fields, and she joins me by phone. Um, Kate, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, happy to do so. In fact, it was good you gave me an opportunity to take a deep breath because I get so passionate about things because <laughs> I, I spend so much time and energy trying to problem solve. And uh, sometimes I have to just take a deep breath and move on. Well, just before the break, we were talking about how the, uh, how the budget process got derailed by the, um, uh, by efforts of Eric Mays and others to make the federal relief funds, the, the COVID-19 relief funds from the federal government, part of the budget process, which they didn't necessarily need to be. And the idea was that they would be able to decide how to get to spend that money. Making it part of the budget doesn't give them any more power to figure out how to spend that money. Wouldn't wouldn't that be the case when it, it came up to uh, accept the money and, and decide what to do with it? Absolutely. In fact, there were so many things that were uh, proposed by Mr. Mays, like the Mays Institute, you know, I don't know, $400,000 for that. It was like, what? What is that supposed to be? I don't think that's an allowable or eligible thing under uh, the ARP funds. But anyway, it's, you know, we just need to move on. We were successful in uh, just passing the budget uh, pretty much as the mayor proposed it. And he tweaked it a bit. He did listen to council in some things they wanted to have funded. Um, and we're past that now. So we're moving on. Well, and... and Part of moving on, there was there was also uh, a holdup on uh, it, and, and and correct me if I characterize this incorrectly. Um, the contract with Republic for collecting the garbage in the city of Flint ran out, and negotiation to um, extend or or begin a new contract. Um, got held up the deadline went by and and then ultimately it was decided to um create a 90-day agreement to then decide you know to to get more time to consider going forward how the contract would read and at least one candidate for city council has said that that being characterized as an extension of the previous contract wasn't really legal that um the the contract didn't allow for extension that there had to be a new contract this time around um do i have that right and also i i was sort of getting the impression that republic doesn't want the gig now and who should be collecting flint's garbage well, you asked me several questions here. I want to go back to I wanted that. to give okay. you something to work with, Kate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> First of all, what, what people need to understand, it isn't that the administration wasn't taking care of business and hadn't put out a bid earlier. 
so we wouldn't have this gap time and a need for a 90-day a, a contract extension. What happened was they had bid this out. The bids were opened, I don't know, February or March. But the person who was in charge of opening bids at the time didn't ensure that we had a public bid opening. Now, that is absolutely paramount in all of our rules and and regulations, you know, from local up to federal has to be public. So once our new CFO, Shelby Freyer, who's dynamite, by the way, discovered that, she went to legal, and after discussion, it was decided they had to rebid it. So they started the process again. And it takes a long time to put together a request for proposal RFP and then to bid it out, give people time to respond, and then have another bid opening, which we had uh, July 12th. So since the garbage contract was ending June 30th, they had to come up with a way to ensure that the public had, you know, that we had garbage pickup. Because can you imagine the pandemonium? I mean, we already have such problems with blight. And then can you imagine if we didn't have garbage pickup for a month or whatever it would take? So, um, well, even a was, couple of weeks, Kate, in the, in the uh, uh, high heat we've been having. Absolutely. It would be a real danger to public health and safety. I mean, that's clear. And I don't know how you can argue against that. And um, so they negotiated with Republic, who was already, you know, they already have the routes, the drivers, the whatever, or at least they were trying to get drivers. So the, the bone of contention really was that they want, Republic wanted to charge an extra $290,000 as a fee for being able to do a 90-day extension. And they insisted on 90 days, not 30, because there is a nationwide labor shortage of drivers with CDL licenses that can drive these garbage trucks. So what they had to do to recruit was they had to offer 90-day contracts, and they literally were recruiting all over the United States. 90-day contracts, pay them a bonus, uh, pay their travel and housing to get them here to make sure they had adequate coverage because they'd already been having difficulty getting drivers with this license uh, and especially getting drivers in Flint because Flint residents apparently lost their minds and were taking, like, machine guns and guns out threatening drivers. So um, so anyway, there were council people that were objecting to that, and they quite falsely, I believe, started characterizing Republic as having provided uh, not-so-good service for the four years that they were under contract, which is not true. Okay, in my opinion, is absolutely not true. It's just when the pandemic hit and they started having problems, um, you know, getting employees, etc. So anyway, this extension, uh, Monica Gall made a motion to make it a 30-day contract. And unfortunately, council went along with that. Well, Republic had already said they were not going to do less than a 90-day contract. It just wasn't economically feasible for them to do that. And I thought their reasons were very sound. And, and they presented these reasons very clearly. So finally, it went back to council, and we did pass the 90-day extension. 
while we are waiting for the new bids to be evaluated and um, a proposal presented to council. So that's what we're waiting on now. And I've been told I haven't seen the bids, I've not been involved in it whatsoever, but I've been told that Republic did not bid this time. At least a couple uh, candidates for city council, not necessarily in the fourth ward, but um, that I've talked to are interested in exploring the possibility of the city taking that function in-house again. Um, is, is that viable? I, probably not short-term, Kate, but, but long-term? Is that, is that something that maybe could or should be done long-term? Well, I, I don't know, you know, and you, you have to think of history. What is one of our major financial problems? It's our legacy costs, the retirement costs. True. And, and, and we are really struggling to meet our obligations, which is our number one obligation. We have to meet those beyond anything else. I mean, before you pay for anything else, you have to meet those legacy costs, obligations. Well, what would the addition of 50 more employees, I'm just guessing at the number, that it would take to pick up city um, waste collection? I, I think it would be huge. But one thing I agree with is it wouldn't hurt. Someone could do a study and look at comparative, you know, a feasibility cost. What would be the elements? You know, you'd have labor, you'd have equipment, you'd have, you know, what would that cost us and where would we find the money? Because if you'll recall back when Don Williamson was mayor, he bought all these new garbage trucks, which subsequently I believe the EFMs um, got rid of. Um, and where did he find the money? He illegally took it out of the sewer and water funds, which is illegal. That's actually prohibited in our charter. But uh, that's what they did, and that's one reason why our sewer and water funds uh, have been so shaky, because that was a practice on past administrations, which Sheldon Neely put a stop to. So more power to him for doing that. So is it viable? I don't know. Maybe we should do a study in, in cost compare. What about the, the chief's idea of uh, doing a trial run and having a city helicopter? Is, is, that, is this the right time to try something like that? Well, you know, I, I'm aware of pros and cons and, and things expressed by the public, but... At the same time, and, um, Councilman Guerrera, actually, you know, who's, he's a deputy with the Sheriff's Department, he pointed out how a helicopter could be used. For example, you know, the problems they were having at Club Sunoco at various spots. Uh, like a helicopter, if there were, you know, there's a fight or something going on, if they had a helicopter and all of a sudden big spotlights are down on those people, they'd probably disperse. If you had people drag racing, or doing donuts, a helicopter shows up and is spotlighting you, people probably would think twice about doing that. So I think the chief is trying to be innovative and trying to find ways to address the crime problem, which everyone, including him, agrees that we have to find a way to reduce crime. So I give him credit for being innovative, and it was on a three-month trial basis, and I actually would like to see on a trial basis how effective and if 
if that technique actually made a difference. We can't just keep complaining about it. We have to try to do something about it. Is is that kind of information impact on, on the helicopter presence uh, available at all from the occasional or part-time use of the state police's helicopter? I don't know. It could be. It would be interesting to see that. Um, perhaps I'll ask the chief if he has anything on that. Uh, it, it It might help make his case better if there's you know, already information that shows how it impacts it. And, and uh, Santino's perspective is certainly an interesting one. Yes, and he, you know, he kind of uh, pointed out some of the ways it could be used. And uh, this is coming back. Okay, it's on committee for this next Wednesday for discussion. And uh, hopefully um, we'll ask the chief to explain about how he envisions the use of this helicopter how he thinks this could help us, and maybe that would also help make the case, backed up by studies of how has it helped with the Michigan State Police. Good idea, Tom. The um, and you mentioned the city charter a couple times, and I, I just I'm going to squeeze a little plug in here, Kate, if you don't mind. Back sure. in, in July of 2019, when uh, the charter you know, had been approved and, and started being distributed. Um, I got together with Paul Rosicki, uh, Charles Winfrey, Terry Bankert, and the four of us recorded. We actually did it for the show. We read the city charter aloud. And I have since put together an audio version of the Flint City Charter on a three-disc set. If anybody's right. interested, they can shoot me a note on uh, Facebook or, or write an email to the show, and uh, I, I can make arrangements for you to, to pick up a that copy That sounds great. That. They can also download it from the city website. Which may have been what I did for us to uh, get the... Um, or do you mean an audio version or the hard copy? No, 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 the hard just copy. I think that's, hard I think, copy. I think that's how we got what we read from. Um, but, uh, but, but anyway, let's, let's move on from there. Um, I, I, I want to talk about going forward, if there's some expectation of, uh, with some new members, if, if that actually does what we hope it will do by adding new blood, or does it... it take long a long time for people to become acclimated and and does it slow things up well i think it takes longer than than people believe because government is pretty complicated actually and you know that's the thing about you know we need new blood i encourage young people to get involved in the government but kind of what i'm seeing of people who are running i think you need to look at their background do they have you know, everybody comes on to it and says, oh, I want to do this or that or, uh, you know, uh, engage the community, you know. But I, I don't think they have a basic understanding of government. So I would say to voters, you know, look at the background. Do these candidates have any any experience actually doing something? Like have they been on a border commission, perhaps a municipal border commission like the planning commission? Have they... Um, you know, what, what 
are they going to bring to the table other than ideas that may or may not be feasible because they don't simply don't have any real knowledge about how government works. Um, you know, and even uh, I, I see some various things. People don't understand that government finance is a whole different accounting standard than regular finance. Um, and that's, there was a learning curve. We had Huey Newsom, a young man who I liked a lot, was very smart, but he had no background in municipal finance. He did in corporate regular accounting, but municipal is very different, um, and there was quite a learning curve uh, for him or for anyone who doesn't have that background. And, you know, we've been going through this pandemic for the last year and a half, and, it, and I can't help wondering, Kate, if it's been, uh, you know, if it's made it different to govern and also different to run for re-election this time around. Um, yeah, I think it has. Uh, for one thing, the virtual meetings, which in Flint, we just do audio. And um, what happens is we're getting public speakers that if we were in person, they probably wouldn't be speaking because they live in Texas or California or whatever. And the public listens to other speakers and their opinions. And um it's kind of nice to hear from local people. Uh, and, and whether this has made a difference, these virtual meetings, um, I think so, because I think maybe there wouldn't be such an agreement to stay until midnight, three in the morning, if we were all down there in person. And I think council members might be forced to be more civil to the administrative staff if you were sitting across from someone. Because I found that some council members have really been quite unpleasant uh, to administrative staff who's just there to basically provide information. And, and is, I'm not sure how to ask this, just recently uh, the mayor announced um, some new post-pandemic hours for City Hall that most agencies uh, are open and running in person Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. Is, is, is that back to normal? Is City Hall back to normal now? Well, in some respects, I think we are back to normal in terms of our, our regular business hours. But there's still concerns, you know. This pandemic has brought out the best and worst in people, and there are concerns about safety. Um you know, we've already had uh, Maurice Davis had uh, death threats, right, which they had to deal with. And then uh, there was a gentleman who was speaking uh, and apparently didn't like Eva Worthing and myself, and he said some pretty scary things like we could be shot anywhere in our driveways, taking our kids to school, you know, which we had to put in a complaint with the law enforcement. Um People think they can get away with a lot when they're not person-to-person -person, um, that they might not do in an in-person meeting. Now, whether council, when we're going back in person, I really don't know because there's some things that are being looked at. For example, the idea of having um, metal detectors um, at the doors, at the front doors and in the meetings and 
that gets complicated by the fact that we can't override the concealed carry laws. So I don't know. I think there's still a lot of investigation going, but I know even the people who are working day-to-day at City Hall have some safety concerns because we just don't know because people have been so volatile and unhinged. But I think we're, we're open. We're, they're down there doing their jobs. Well, I'm anxious to, to see when, the, when and if the city council will, will get back to normal or, you know, maybe committee meetings will continue to be on Zoom. Or, uh, well, they, they really have to be open to the public, too, though, don't they? Well, we're always, yes, we're always, every meeting has to be open to the public. Even training sessions, like when I've tried to bring in a parliamentarian, to see if that could result in more civil discourse, which didn't work really well. Um, in fact, the parliamentarian just threw up her hands and said, this group is impossible. It was pretty disheartening. Um, but it's all public. The public has the right to speak at any and every meeting city council has. So in that sense, it is open to the public, and it's always uh, available. Uh, I believe we use YouTube as a format and you can actually uh, listen and watch to the, watch the meetings as they're happening not watch them because we don't do video but we do audio the um, we just have a couple minutes left Kate and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work past present and future and and find out about your campaign get involved if they're interested all of that kind of stuff is is there a, a good way for people to reach out to you well they can use my cell phone i don't even use a city cell phone i just use my personal cell which is 810-908-0366 and uh i do have a facebook page but I kind of like don't really do much on it. Uh, I'm really not, you know, I'm older. I'm not as social media obsessed as a lot of younger <laughs> people are. Yeah, I'm I'm a little clumsy with uh, technology too. It's great when it works, but uh, um, is is there a um, a, a way well, to? I reach? just don't have time, Tom, to do social media. <laughs> I'm too busy working. Well. I, I appreciate you spending time with me this morning, Kate, and uh, and I wish you all the best. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I do my best. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. Care. Again, that was Kate Field. She is the current uh, representative in the 4th Ward on the Flint City Council. She is running for re-election. There are three candidates in this upcoming primary, August 3rd. We'll hear from the uh, other two uh, during today's show. And uh, tomorrow we'll uh, look at Ward 6. Now we're skipping over Ward 5 because it's not uh, on the on the ballot for August. There's no primary. It will be on the November ballot. Just as we skipped over the first Ward uh, last week. It won't be on the ballot in August, but it will in November. Um, so uh, tomorrow we'll look at all four candidates 
for the sixth award. But we're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly, sir. Have you been here before? No, I haven't. This is my first time. I see. Well, do you want to have just one argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, what is the cost? Well, it's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Well, I think it would be best if I perhaps started off with just the one and then see how it goes. Fine. Well, I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. DeBakey's free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Ah, yes. Try Mr. Barnard, room 12. Thank you. What do you want? Well, I was told outside that... Don't give me that, you snotty-faced heap of parrot droppings. What? Shut your festering gob, you tit. Your type really makes me puke, you vacuous, coffee-nosed, malodorous pervert. Look, I came here for an argument. I'm not going to just... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but this is abuse. Oh, I see. Well, that explains... Oh, yes. You want room 12A, just along the corridor. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. Not at all. Thank you. Stupid git. Come in. Uh, is this the right room for an argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry, just one moment. Um, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Oh, just the uh, five minutes. Ah, thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Look, let's get this thing clear. I quite definitely told you. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't. Did. Well, look, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. It is. It is not. Look, you just contradicted me. I did not. Oh, you did. No, no, no. You did just then. Nonsense. Oh, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. No, you came here for an argument. Well, an argument isn't just contradiction. Can be? No, it can't. An argument is a connected series of statements intended to establish a proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's not just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. Yes, but that's not just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Argument is an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of any statement the other person makes. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, no. Good morning. What? That's it. Good morning. I was just getting interested. Sorry, five minutes is up. That was never five minutes. I'm afraid it was. It wasn't. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? If you want me to go on arguing, I'll have to pay for another five minutes. Yes, but that was never five minutes just now. Oh, come on. Look, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. Oh, all right. Thank you. Well? Well, what? That wasn't really five minutes just now. I told you, I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Uh, look, I don't want to argue about it. Well, that. you didn't pay. Aha. Uh-huh. If I didn't pay, why are you arguing? I've got you. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. If you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. I could be arguing in my spare time. Oh, I've had enough of this. No, you haven't. Oh, shut up. I want to complain. You want to complain? Look at these shoes. I only had them three weeks and the heels are worn right through. No, I want to complain If about... you complain, nothing happens. You might as well not bother. Oh. And my back hurts and when I'm in a fine day and I'm sick and tired of this office. Hello, I want to... Oh! No, no, no. Hold your head like this. Then you go, wow, try it again. Oh, 
Better, better, but wow, wow, put your hand there. No. Now. Wow. Good, good, that's it. Stop hitting me. What? Stop hitting me. Stop hitting you? Yes. Why don't you come in here then? I wanted to complain. Oh, no, that's next door. It's being hit on the head lessons in here. What a stupid concept. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
virus comes along that's spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918 influenza had its run But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation If we don't do it then we're all gonna die If we don't do it then we're all gonna die And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start If you get bored just think of the immunocompromised Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized Oh super bad transmittable contagious awful virus If we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad transmittable Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.